Hey guys, before we jump in, I want to invite you to follow me on socials. You can follow me on Twitter at what I will say pod, on Instagram at what I will say, also on TikTok at what I will say, and of course, what I will say.tumblr.com will take you to my blog where you can keep up with my day to day pop culture takes. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. Just search what I will say to access hours upon hours of bonus content, our secret community Discord, and so much more. Or if the Patreon is not for you, you can give us a five star rating and a good review, or even just tell a friend about the show. All of those things help us out a lot. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the pod. This is Cam with Clownery in Wonderland, your inside source for all things SwiftCon 2020. SwiftCon 2020 is not a thing, but we like to pretend it is here on the podcast. And today I have a very special guest. I'm joined by Sean. And uh, Sean, if you just want to go ahead and jump in and introduce yourself a little bit, and then Sean and I are going to have a conversation about uh, queerness in the entertainment in- industry and uh, what it's what it's like to deal with that. So Sean, if you want to introduce yourself and what you're all about and how we met, uh, go for it. Well, as she said, my name is Sean. Um, I actually dated somebody who is pretty high up there um, as far as talent goes in the entertainment industry. And I kind of stumbled upon this blog by accident and kind of through reading it, found a lot of stuff that sounded very similar. And then when people started getting doxxed and attacked, even though I'm not really in this fight, I figured it might be helpful for other people to hear what it's like on the inside. And so here I am. Well, welcome. Um, thank you so much for reaching out and, you know, opening up and sharing your personal story. Um, it's my understanding that you dated, you know, a fairly high up there celebrity that's in the mm-hmm. entertainment industry currently that is closeted. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you two were in a closeted relationship. So I know that's probably hard to sometimes remember and talk about your relationship uh, did end due to having to hide all the time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, along with a few other things, but that was a major part of it, yeah. So we're just going to have a conversation. Uh, I think we wanted to reach out to Gaylers, particularly with um, Taylor no homoing Betty. And, you know, like like Sean mentioned, some of the um, the doxing and just sort of the unpleasantness going on. It felt like a good time for like a reality check from somebody who's been on the other side of it. And we were just lucky that Sean found the blog, uh, Swift Run Get Married. And, um, you know, related to it and recognize some of the things we were talking about. Obviously, we at Swift Run Get Married, none of us have dated celebrities. We're just obsessed with them. Um, <laughs> but we do, we, you know, we are very interested in the whole celesbian closet scene. Um, and we hope it's from like a supportive, sort of fun, lighthearted, respectful distance. And I will talk more about. I have a question for Sean about, you know, shipping, what's okay, what's not, speculating on sexuality, what's okay, what's not. We'll get there. So, first of all, as you know, Taylor Swift and other, you know, different stars um, have huge LGBT and LGBT ally followings. Uh, Some of these people think that um, some of these celebrities are queer and closeted and possibly sending coded message to their queer fans uh, to communicate with them. Do you think that's something that's that happens? Is that something that a, a closeted celebrity artist might do? Yeah. Yes, that, that's an easy one. It happens all the time. It's called signaling. Um, it, used, it still kind of does happen in sort of the general population. Um, but as a whole, at least in our society, we've become a little bit more open than we were, say, 30, 40 years ago. Um, Hollywood has not. Hollywood's stuck about 50 years in the past. So if you ever want to know why it is the way it is, that's why it, you're, we're all kind of trying to drag it kicking and screaming into the 21st century, but they kind of are still refusing to join us 20 years later. 
Well, that sounds like Alabama, where I'm from. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very interesting to me to hear that Hollywood is supposedly this liberal California mecca. No, it's- I always bust out laughing when people say that. Always, every single time. Because, yeah, some of the people that you see visibly, it might be liberal. So obviously, like, the talent um, might be liberal. But everybody behind the scenes is more or less conservative by different degrees, especially the higher up you get because it's all about money. And I, I heard one time that um, Republicans don't want to die poor. And that pretty much describes everybody up at the top. They're so highly it's, conservative simply because of their financial means. So it's about sort of a capitalistic right-leaning money hoarding attitude yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Right. Not so much about morals or virtue or any of that. It's just what's going to make us the most money. And for now that's mostly straightness. Essentially, essentially, yeah. Um, some people, it's about it. Other people see no need to fight for it. So representation has always, you've always needed to fight for that to be able to be visible. And some people don't see any reason for that. And they don't see any reason to put their money where their mouth is. Um, and I promise you that it's not a moral thing, even if that's what they say, because they have no morals. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. The industry, so in, individual people, there, I've met, there are good people in the, in the industry. That, so I just want to get that out there. Individuals have morals. The ind- industry as a whole almost has none. Right. And that's the biggest problem. Okay. Um, well, then that kind of speaks to the second question, which is, is the industry still very homophobic? It's 2020. Surely people are more comfortable being themselves these days. But it sounds like no, because no. of money and just power. Essentially, what they'll try and do is they'll try and like dip their toe in... Um, and sort of any sort of representation. So think of, and this is gonna sound extremely crude and I apologize for this in advance, but think about how many sort of celebrities you've seen either come out as not having any labels or come out in a way where they'll say they are bisexual, but you never actually see that. If you get where I'm going with it, you, they'll always be seen either single or, or with a man, even if they do actually have a girlfriend behind the scenes. They've, they've come out as bisexual in, in public, but they still won't let their, their girlfriend be seen. It, they're still always still bearding going on, even after that. Oh, wow. Yes. Because I do feel like you see a lot of girls, especially for women, mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll talk specifically about like women here, um, but you see a lot of girls say, yeah, I'm, not, I'm fluid. I'm, I'm not worried about labels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very famous women have said this and put queer imagery into some of their art. And I'm not just talking about Taylor, y'all. But, yeah. um, and, and they, they'll say, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm bisexual. And then all of a sudden, but they're, they only ever date men mm-hmm. that you really know about. Yeah. And so, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because that is very much being bisexual. No, we allow bisexuals. But, we allow bisexuals at the blog. Right, bisexuals, right. fluid, pansexuals, you're all welcome. However, right. but it's the fact saying, that they still need to beard after coming out, even if they do have a girlfriend. So, so some people make be in queer, um, same sex relationships and, and be out, but that same sex, you know, out as some degree of queer, maybe bi, maybe fluid, maybe label free, but still be hiding part of their truth. Even while they're coding as they're, even while they're acting as though they're living in the truth, they're not. That happens. Because it's, it's usually a compromise between, the, the talent or the artist and their team 
you know, they'll push enough to say, look, I want to come out in some way because living in the closet can, can kind of be hell, especially if you don't want to be there yourself, if somebody else is forcing you in there. And what they'll do is they'll kind of come up with this compromise of, okay, you can kind of say this so that you don't have to live in the closet anymore, but you essentially still are. There's just a glass pane in front of it. Okay, so... Well, and glass closeting is something that gets talked a lot about in the Gaylor circles. Um, people think that one of her more famous relationships with Carly Kloss, uh, they were glass closeting, so they were just seen as gal pals, best friends. And mm-hmm. that was a- the, the theory is that that was actually a strategy put in place because her previous relationships were still sort of outed and talked about, and they were handled differently so that, you know, Diana was always, they were always with in a girl gang, you know, just very publicly besties, but Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't as blatant. They weren't running around, you know, holding hands at basketball games and doing very romantic, intimate photo shoots together and that sort of thing. So uh, it did seem like her PR team like started a different strategy. Yeah. Um, And and they'll do that because it's kind of hard when both of you are famous at the same time and you want to spend time with each other because either one's going to get recognized or both is going to get recognized. If one of you isn't famous, then it's a little easier to sort of get around that, to skirt around that, but they require different strategies. Good point. That, that makes a lot of sense. So, and just to clarify for everyone, you're not famous. You're just no. a, a normie like the rest of us. Yes. Um, so your relationship would have been handled differently than some of these other ones that we like to speculate, which by the way, let's remind everyone, this is all speculation. Nobody's out officially yet. You know, um, we love Swift Run. We're all for Kaler, whatever. Um, but it is speculation. So just to remind everyone, you know, um, I'm not outing anyone. I'm just giving y'all a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Sean doesn't have any curtain. Sean does not have any, we kind of spoke about this, I'll say, Sean doesn't have any, like, insider knowledge pertaining to Taylor. I'm just going to go ahead and say that for everyone. Um, So that's that. But, you know, she's been around that Hollywood circle, but I'm just going to say that. So uh, what what do you think is the worst example of, like, status quo or company-sponsored or supported homophobia, if you could share, like, one awful example? Well, okay, I got one one kind of really big story so um we were at actually a pride event which is why this is going to sound so weird considering the question you just asked we were actually at a pride event um she was one of the performers and there was a bunch of fans she was doing like a meet and greet backstage and there were some fans and one of them came up apparently this was her first um sort of time being out she was relatively young and the fan, this fan, the fan was like out at Pride. Okay. Yes, the fan. This was her first time kind of being out. Um, and she went into this story about how she had, you know, just told her parents and this is her first Pride. And it's just sort of everything. You know, sometimes during meet and greets, fans will kind of either, <laughs> you get a couple different types of fans. You get the time that either completely frees up when it's time to, to meet the, the person or you'll get a kind that, just kind of babbles on but in good nature kind of way because you're trying to describe how much the artist or the talent means to you and um she fell into the second category and she was kind of talking about how her music kind of got her through the darker sort of days and i was looking at my ex and she could tell she was trying to hold back tears 
because of everything that was happening. Somebody on her management team, and I was standing sort of at a corner in the corner of the room, and I was watching, and I was smiling as well because I knew how much it meant to her. Somebody from her team came over, um, and just to kind of give you some perspective, my place, the reason I was always around was because I was a PA. I was a, her personal assistant, um, even though I technically wasn't. So, But that he, was your, your yeah, title? That was my, yeah, that was my cover. Did you get so, paid? No. Ah, that's, sorry. Yeah. That's, sorry if that's insensitive. I just wonder, like, that would <laughs> no. be kind of, that's an extra benefit, right? Okay, no, no yeah. money for... No, no, no money for me, but it was yeah. fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that was just a cover that they used so that okay. there was a reason I was in the room because if not everybody who's supposed to be in the room is on a list. And if you're in the room and your name is not on the list with a position next to it, people kind of go, well, wait, why the hell are you here? Who are you? You're just you? a special friend, a special guest. Yeah, yeah. So and that's not questions. a good cover. So you just put personal assistant sure. right next to it. Um, sometimes they use makeup artists, but I don't really wear makeup like at all. So that lasted for like two seconds. <laughs> That is nuts to me. I mean, some of the, these people are just clowns, aren't they? Like, we call ourselves we call ourselves clowns at the Swift Run Get Married blog, but we're not even that. We're not that stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll wear makeup for special occasions, but not every day. So, like, that only lasted two seconds. Like, so I, I went over to PA. They pushed me over to PA. But anyway, getting back to the story, the guy comes over, and um, he, you know, roughly taps me on my shoulder. I look over, and he said, "You know our coffee order, right?" go and get some. And it was within earshot of my ex. So she just kind of turned her head and that was sort of a, a shot across the bow, so to speak, you know, because he could tell that the story was kind of getting to her and she could relate to it in some ways that the fan was telling her. Mm -hmm. And I was smiling at it because we all kind of related. And that was just sort of reminding everybody of their place and what role they were playing. Okay. So they were sort of just putting as, as emotions rose up and this should have been a very special moment. Your ex sort of realizing that her art helped somebody come to terms with their sexuality in a really, really profound way. Mm. They're like breaking it up and they're sort of reminding you, Hey, yeah. don't get any ideas. Don't yeah. have some grand gay fantasy. This, this story doesn't have a happy ending. Pretty much. Um, because like I said, I was there as the PA, not as the girlfriend. You know, right. so um, PAs get coffee when you ask for it. So right. remember your place, right. so to speak. That's brutal. And wow. that was that was a, a, a you know a, a warning to her. Remember why she's here, and she's only here because we sort of allow her to be here. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. I had to put up with that. Um, that sounds. And remember, awful. this was at a pride event. I, literally, you're in the middle of a pride event. Yes. And and they're shutting down. You're you're gay love for each other yes that is just too much um so okay uh let's let's change the change the topic for a minute i want to talk about bearding so people might know i have a bit of a naive opinion about bearding i, th I think i might be about to get my world rocked uh because i don't really want to believe bearding happens even though i know it happens and even though in high school i actually had a beard for a hot second but um is bearding something that actually happens? And like, what's kind of the furthest that will go? Are there really people in fake relationships, fake marriages? That's really something that happens 
and not only happens, but maybe happens kind of often in Hollywood. Yes. yes. It, bearding is still extremely prevalent and it gets worse for anybody who is they're they're trying to keep them in the closet and um sometimes it's easier to keep people in the closet than others and the ones that it's harder to keep in not by virtue of what they're doing just by virtue of who they are um all of a sudden they won't just be in a bearding relationship they'll be in a marriage they'll wind up having to get married if they want to keep their contracts so is and that even legal? How is it legal to for is that even legal? Like in the US law, is that legal to force someone to enter into a fake marriage? Yes, because it's forced only in the way, look, you can either do it do this or you burn all of these bridges and your career pretty much goes up in smoke. So obviously they can walk away. It's just they have to leave a lot behind to walk away. Uh, and there are certain production companies that are worse about it than others. And they're usually the ones who are far more supposed to be far more family friendly. Okay. And, and it can even go so far as it, it doesn't happen often. Let me just put this out there. It does not happen often, but it's happened. Oh, hell, it's happened more than once. And even that's too much. But where they're in a marriage, but in order to sell the marriage, well, now they need kids. That has been the one road. That's the one hurdle. I've always said if any of my lesbian women go and have a kid, I can't. And I think I have my thoughts about who is a full quote unquote lesbian and who's more fluid. And, but, uh, and I don't think everybody I stand is a full lesbian to right. say that sort of crassly. I don't know what the right word is, but, um, I think there's some attraction to men amongst some of these women, but, um, I've always said if they go have a kid, then I would just sort of leave it, which I, I would. Anyway. I'm not going to talk about a child, obviously, but right. and that's but even that they can be that. faked. Yeah, that's the point. That, they know that. It's, it's the American Hollywood version of sort of lie back and think of England. That's so all. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. So people, yes. so people aren't like adopting fake babies, but it's just sort of like, hey, just get the, you know, sell it. Sell well, them. well, yeah, because it's easier to sell um, a biological child than it is an adopted child. And I know how crass that sounds, believe me, but no, that's yeah. how, that's, that's the thinking over there. Because um, an adopted child can easily be written off if fans kind of wanted to as, well, of course they adopted, you know, the, the, if somebody has a biological child then everybody automatically assumes they knew what had to be done to get there. So clearly that person can't be gay. That is, that. that blows my mind. I mean, I still think that bisexual people exist. So someone having a kid, I'm yes. like, all right, you like dudes too. Look, some, some people are like that. But I would probably like back off on some of the shipper aspects of things if there was a child involved. Right. And most people do. Not just because of that part, but the, also the fact there's now a kid involved. And most people don't want to be that crass and rude when there's a child involved. Right. I mean, I certainly you know, don't. Most people do have a little bit of, of morality when it comes to stuff like this. Yeah. You know, a little bit of common sense. So speaking on like fake relationships, I kind of wanted to dip into this. Are there fake other types of beer or other types of PR relationships? Or are there fake friendships or even fake feuds in uh, Hollywood? All, 
all the time. And I have to admit, the fake feud ones are hysterical because when you see them behind the scenes, they're usually actually really good friends. And the way they'll they'll discuss it, it almost sounds like you and your best friend sitting down like, okay, well, how many times are we going to uh, call each other bitches tomorrow? Sort of thing. And it becomes a whole big joke. But then you wake up the next morning and you kind of look into it. And it's about the same amount that they discussed the night before. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's very humorous to me. And that yes. kind of... Well, at least the fake fighting sort of makes me happy that maybe some of these stars are pretending to have fights, but really they're laughing about it yeah, behind closed doors. Sometimes they're real. It depends if anybody was slighted, you know, or if something was said or done behind the scenes. But most of the time, it's all PR because there's this this saying, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity, publicity, right. publicity. And if people are talking about you, whether it's because of a feud with somebody else or because you're in a relationship with somebody, it doesn't matter. They just want to get your name out there. As long as people are saying your name and your name's all over social media, they don't care why. Right. I will <laughs> as say long as like, they can control the narrative. Specifically, Taylor is famous for her feud with Katy Perry, which was supposedly about like some backup dancers left Taylor's tour and went to Katy Perry's. And it's just like, yeah, like there's not thousands of world-class dancers that want to go on tour with Taylor too. Like I cannot, I cannot imagine something so frivolous and just a little business confusion or dispute would have blossomed into this entire shitstorm. And like it was in the media for years, and they had music videos themed around it, and like yeah. there were Instagram posts about their makeups, and then Katy Perry shows up in a music video later, and it just it feels yeah, very constructed. Yeah, if if they're making music videos and songs and just pretty much anything you can capitalize off of it, then yeah, it's usually pretty staged. In fact, real fights, they will actually be nice to each other in public while completely fighting um, behind the scenes because of something that happened. Because if they were to fight in public, it could ruin each other's image because they're not controlling the narrative. I mean, we, it just sounds like at we every never turn... Been actually angry at somebody and you know, said stuff you didn't you wish you could kind of take back. Yeah. Well, if you're a public face and you say it in public, you can't take it back. It's stuck with you forever. So real fights happen usually behind the scenes while fake ones play out in front of everybody. It does sort of seem like at every turn there's a there's believe you might be being manipulated at yes. every turn. Yes. If it's Even, coming from the camp of the art of the celeb or the or the mainstream media sort of camp like Yeah. You're, you're talking about an industry that takes all the world as a stage very, very literally. Even reality can be faked when it comes to them. Yeah. Well, that is just nuts to me. I've always thought that Bad Blood, which is supposed to be about Katie, because that's what they framed the music video, is really a breakup song. Because it, it talks about... It's just a little too fruity for me to be about a fight. <laughs> but uh, that's just a theory I've always had and some other people have. But... um. Yeah, I've I've always been curious about, you know, are people really out here faking marriages, faking relationships, faking friendships, faking fights? And it sounds like, yes, they are. Yes, yes. That is wild. And it's just, that's just wild. But I do think we'll keep coming back to, like, the root of all evil is money. And if it can, if it can make someone a few extra bucks, they're going to do it, aren't they? That's just they what I'm will, learning. Yeah, they will milk the talent for all their worth. And that, like I said, and that plays into... Um, the very large substance abuse problem that you see in Hollywood because people aren't meant to be treated like commodities. 
Mm -hmm. people are meant to be treated like people, even if they do have a, a really, even if they are talented, you know, if they're very talented, but they're still people. And that kind of gets lost along the way. Right. Uh, you, I don't know. Have you listened to the song Betty by Taylor Swift? I have not. I can't believe we have somebody on here who hasn't even listened to Betty. No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. You don't have to. Um, so Betty is a really great song. It's kind of a, it's like Taylor's gone back to country a little bit. And it's a, it's a lovely song about um, somebody named James who mm-hmm. is falling for a girl named Betty. And Taylor sings it in the first person point of view. And it says, I'll kiss you. You know, I'll, I'll show up to your stupid party and I'll, fuck it, I'm going to kiss you. And we all lost our minds. There's one throwaway line in the song where um, somebody drives up to whoever's singing and says, James, get in the car. So you think Taylor's singing from this James perspective. And Taylor did go uh, on country radio and say, yeah, I wrote this song. It's about a 17-year-old boy named James basically she said this is about a man and a, a, a boy and a girl in love with each other um and Swifties definitely and uh, Gaylers I should say and you know ally Swifties definitely kind of took that to heart um but first let me just just as somebody with a mind and eyes and ears and a brain do you in your opinion uh is it a super straight thing to do as a, to write as a woman from the perspective of a 17 year old boy or what's your take on that? No, it really isn't. I, I mean, th- I, no, it's not straight at all. There you go. That's not a straight thing to do. And saying, you know, saying it's Taylor. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funny, but no, it's, yeah. Um, I think it's actually pretty common experience for um, queer people to have is that if, let's say you have a, a crush or you really like someone who's the same gender as you, but you haven't completely figured out your own sexuality yet, how many of us have sort of placed ourselves in the shoes of the person of the opposite gender? Oh, and kind of all wish, the time. Oh, I wish I could be this person so that then I could, could, could you know, kiss you or do, you know, whatever. Uh, all the time as a child. And also what's funny is Taylor was named for James Taylor. And huh. she's she performed with him. Uh, she's a huge fan. And also, we randomly side note sidebar. Not interesting to you, but we did find out Diana used to go by Diana James, and Carly probably did too. And anyway, so it's just sort of definitely placing yourself in the shoes of the opposite gender when you're queer and you're loving on the same gender. It's just a really gay thing to do, and I think it's a very common experience. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for teenagers. And didn't you say this song was supposed to be about teenagers or something like that? Yeah, Um, Yeah. it is supposed to be from like a teenage sort of perspective. Although I wonder if it is. I wonder if she just placed it in high school to kind of. I think it's about. Well, I I mean that that's a common experience to have. I mean that's a common experience to have for queer teenagers because sometimes they don't have it all figured out yet. Yes, yeah. that's that's another point. Um, a lot of like I didn't I started being gay on Maine at like fourteen, but like a lot of queer people uh do kind of go through like a second puberty and sort mm-hmm. of they'll get into their twenties, early twenties, mid twenties, and they'll have like a bunch of they'll kind of figure out they're gay and they'll go through a bunch of different relationships and they'll kind of be immature and dramatic or it'll mm-hmm. be seen as that way. But really, they're kind of going through that high school awkward 
first dating experience, but this time a lot more genuinely. So they have to yeah, do it all. They never really, yeah, because we never really got those experiences when everybody else was getting theirs. You know, I didn't expect to do song analysis, but the fact that she said it in high school when she's 30, that mm -hmm. also speaks to that sort of, you kind of, you go through high school, some people go through high school as queer, closeted, and not acting on it, and then you kind of go through a second high school or a second teenager phase when you get mm -hmm. to your mid, earlier mid-20s. Yeah, I, I didn't figure it out until I was 20. And right. kind of looking back on it, I kind of wish I had, even though high school was a pain in the ass, I kind of wish I had my high school years back with the knowledge that I was gay, because it wasn't just that I was in the closet, I just didn't no, like I wasn't purposely trying to hide it from anybody. I just sure. didn't, fig couldn't figure it out myself. And I kind of wish I had my high school years back to be able to experience what everybody else was experiencing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's, that's, I'm just sort of so, seeing the whole Betty story in a, I think it's a story I, about an adult, a, an adult relationship. It's a love triangle story. There's mm -hmm. like three songs on the album that are supposed to be from three different perspectives. And mm -hmm. I actually do, I, I don't know what I think because I don't know all of Taylor's business, but I will say it kind of lines up with the story of the two women she's most famously have dated to me. But, but on a more serious note, that when she went on to country radio and said, this is from a 17-year-old boy's perspective, people said, that's Taylor telling the gay people to shut up. She's not gay. And it set off this wave of homophobia in her fan base. And a bunch of abuse happened to gaylers. Um, do you think if a queer artist does something like trying to clarify, clarify something that's kind of obviously queer art and you could kind of say, quote unquote, make it straight. Mm -hmm. if, if some, if any artist kind of goes and does something like that or akin to that, do they have a choice with that? Is that something Not, that might be coming from on high? That's usually something that's coming from on high. Um, because like I said, most, most of the people you interact with, which is going to be the, the talent, they're not horrible people. I mean, some are better than others because people exist on a spectrum of really great to almost saint-like to, you know, really evil. But they're not bad people. It's just usually a lot of the times when you hear really crass things coming out of them, it's, it's coming from what they're being told to say. It might not be exactly their opinion or even what they intended. Okay. And all. I just, I kind of wanted to ask, I mean, we certainly don't know. We cannot speak for Taylor. Neither of us know right. her. Right. But I, it felt to me, people got really upset, you know, especially younger queer fans mm -hmm. of her. I mean, some horrible things happened. And I, obviously, I don't want to make light of those horrible things. Like, there's no excuse for that. And I really wish she would speak out or do something to kind of stop this. To me, a lot of people said Taylor's in control. She's the boss bitch. She's the H HBIC. She chose to do this because she doesn't want to, you know, get outed. And she sort of maybe wasn't expecting all the queer backlash, like all the, all the backlash. People, I mean, folklore is so gay. I recommend it. I recommend sit down and listen to it. If you know, it's a really gay album, um, and it's very good too. But uh, I don't think she was ready for the backlash of people. I mean, there have been so many articles about her and Carly in the last couple of weeks. And I do think she had a song coming on to country radio. She basically had to say, no, no, I know I'm singing about kissing a girl, but it's okay. I'm, I'm kissing a girl from the male perspective. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, people, were upset and people were upset and hurt, hurt by her doing this. And I don't want to take away from how legitimate that hurt or upsetness is. But I also just feel like 
there's a chance that wasn't her choice, right? Yeah. There, so there's a couple of points there. A look, look at the the setting. That was a country music station. Country music. If you think Hollywood is conservative, country music is just on a different level of conservative because of who their primary audience is. So that's number one. And if I, like I said, I haven't listened to this album, but if it has that country twang to it, then it's going to be playing on country radios. And that's where it needs to succeed at. And it can't do that if people are thinking that this is a, a queer song. They will automatically sort of reject it because that's the audience they're trying to cater to. Point number two is that this also circles back to um, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear, so to speak, when it comes to what comes out of Hollywood and sometimes the what comes out of the, the artist's mouth about where something has come from and you know why they wrote something or what their perspective on it was. Because while it might be true, sometimes they might have to be covering for something else. You know, it can be as simple as having to change pronouns and songs to having to write a song that you want, you absolutely intend it to be 100% queer. And then all of a sudden you have to walk that back because you can't just come out and say it. You have to let the music speak for itself. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Okay. You know, you can't say it, but you're hoping that the right people will hear it. So, you know... I mean, I think the takeaway message is there. We don't know what Taylor's doing or what she, what she's intending to do, but there's a chance she didn't even have a choice with that speech. No. So, I mean, everyone and, take care. Everyone be careful. Everyone, you know, hide your accounts. Go private. Delete if you have to. I mean, take care of yourselves. This is about you before it's about Taylor. But right. you said in our private conversations, you've said, you know, um, not everyone is crazy. Uh, not there's no way all our gaydars are malfunctioning yeah. at the same time. We're being gaslit, possibly. Right. I mean, yes. maybe not about Taylor. You don't know about Taylor, but about right. celebrity sexualities in general. In general, yeah. So what they'll do is something will come across extremely gay. And you got to remember, a lot of the people, the talent, so whether it's an actress or an actor or a musician of some sort, they're smart. You know, they're, they're not complete idiots and they didn't get to where they were by being idiots. You know, they're smart. That's how I got to where I am, but I wouldn't call myself talent. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But you know, they're, they're smart. So if they intend to say something, then they intend it on how it's meant. And if they have to start walking it back later, then that's coming from um, a management team of some sort, especially for musicians if they're putting out a song that just sounds so super queer, it probably is. But they won't be able to say it. They won't be able to come out and say, yep, yep, that's exactly what I intended. What they're doing is they're hoping that you will pick it up and you will hear them and you will see them. And even though they'll have to go on record saying the exact opposite, especially depending on the type, the target audience for that, that, that song or that music. That, you know, that's about as much as I suspected, but it's it's definitely a it's trick hard. to hear you confirm it's, it. It's hard to hear because the sort of flip side of that coin is it emboldens sort of the worst in other people. Mm-hmm. So as, as I'm guessing y'all have seen, and I've read up a little bit on, a, they know it's going to happen. It's not an intended consequence, but it's more like a welcome unintended consequence, because if you're too busy having to defend yourself, 
you're not exactly focusing or pushing on the fact of or speculating on the fact of somebody else's sexuality. Well, I'm always coming from the, the audience that's coming from from the management team. So they're kind of hoping that the wrong people will hear will hear the person's words about how, you know, they wrote the song and what the song is actually about. No, 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 it's not gay. And then they kind of count on these sort of bad actors coming in and beating to hell everybody else. Well, that's just disgusting and horrible. Um, it's it's not, like I said, it's not intended, but it's sort of a welcome it. unintended. Parts. Okay. They're not exactly going away with it because if they didn't want this to happen, they could definitely do something to sort of step in, release some sort of statement to step in and stop it. You know, we're not supporting you doing this, da 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 da, you know, whatever it may be. You can definitely take stands and you can definitely just sort of turn your head the other way and just let it happen so that your agenda still goes through. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about as much as I expected, but it's, it's so gratifying to hear you, to have you as like, you know, you've been on the other side of this and you come through and basically say, yeah, you're, you're there's a good chance you're being gaslit and maybe mm-hmm. not about Taylor, but certainly about some celebs that you think are gay yeah. that are closeted. Yeah. Like they are, you're, you know, you're being sort of a, a manipulated by this machine, the Hollywood industry machine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, y'all take that for what it's worth. I mean, it, it isn't worth a lot, right? Because we want Taylor to be out and happy or whoever to be out and happy. And we want our queer representation. And But maybe we'll get there someday. But y'all aren't crazy. Okay? Yeah. I think that's the message. You guys yeah, that, are not insane. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I told you, you know, it, one or two people, like, yeah, individually, you'd be like, God, my gaydar sucks. I can never freaking tell, you know. But collectively speaking... Nobody, everybody's is not malfunctioning for the exact same reason in the exact same way. If Mm. a large group of people see something, then obviously there's something there to see. So in your experience, you know, the people that you kind of interacted with, including your ex, um, how do celebs feel about fans speculating about their sexuality or shipping them with other, you know, people? Um, What's all in good fun and what do you think is taking things too far? Um, Okay, so... For how do they feel about it? I can only speak for obviously uh, my ex and what she had said previously. When it comes to fans speculating on her sexuality, she actually didn't mind it because she was signaling. She would signal certain things. And when you do that, you're hoping that your community sees you. And the fact that they were speculating on it meant that they were seeing her at least. And I guess she doesn't want to be in the closet. She's sort of forced to be in there. So just knowing that you can do stuff here and there that makes other people see you was almost a relief to her. Okay. But like I said, that's one experience. Some people, it might absolutely terrify them. They're trying to stay in the closet themselves. They're not being forced into the closet. And when you're trying to stay in the closet yourself, it can be scary if people are constantly knocking on the door, poking their head in. Yeah, I don't, um, I agree that I think if somebody were not really blatantly again and again and again sending rainbow unicorn magic, uh, dropping a song called Me on Lesbian Visibility Day, saying lyrics like, Shade never made anybody less gay and traipsing around a gay trailer park with a bunch of gay stars you know, if somebody weren't maybe doing all those things, I really wouldn't waste a lot of time speculating because either they're straight or they want to be, they don't want to be speculated about. But 
what you're saying is it's possible. It's not entirely unfair to uh, to kind of say, you know, if somebody keeps sending queer coded messages in their art and their brand, maybe they kind of want to be seen, at least by the right people, by us. They're, it'll be seen by our radar. You right. have a point? Yeah. Right. And then what about, I mean, you've seen my blog. You know I have rules. I, you know, everybody keep it respectful. Don't talk about mm-hmm. underage people. And... Um, mm-hmm don't at the celebs. They know where to find it. If they want to see it, they know to search the Swift Crown hashtag. If they want to see what I'm up to and what I'm talking about, we don't have to at them. They know. So I kind of put those rules in place. You know, I'm sure I've stepped over some lines and talked about some sort of inappropriate things. There's, there's, you know, the blog is partially a joke. I started the blog as a joke because Swift Crown is supposed to be over and dead. And I think it in general is. Uh, I think Taylor's, my personal opinion is Taylor's still writing a song about Diana here and there, but and we'll talk about that. But I was like, I want to talk about 2012 and the red era and the lyrics of style on 1989. And then Taylor drops folklore and it sounds like she's talking about Diana again. So like, it's just sort of my blog's blown up. And that's like part of how you found it is because it's just gotten real popular because like there's Swift Run content in 2020. But I do, you know, I do, I did put some rules in place because I think if the celebs want to see it, they can, but we shouldn't like foist it upon them. Now, I don't know how often celebs are checking their social media, but like to me, that's just a healthy boundary. Do you think there's anything else, uh, a boundary you could set? Or do you think, you know, some shippers take it too far? What's, what's taking it too far? What doesn't, does it even matter? Is all press good press? You know? Um, I mean, I wouldn't like spam them with the shipper stuff because that can get a little, not just does it just gets old, but it can also make people kind of uncomfortable. Especially mm-hmm. if they're not dating this person and they're just like a friend or something like that. You know, imagine constantly, constant bombardment of being shipped with your friend and they're just a friend. Or yeah, they could be exes. Yeah, they could be. But it's especially kind of irking, especially if you're dating somebody else. Mm, you know, I can see that um, being very annoying. Yes. Just, especially if you're having a closet with the someone else and you want to scream it to the rooftops that you're with this person and people ship you with the wrong, the wrong right. same sex person or whatever. Right. Right. You, um, of course people want to think they're always above jealousy, but it can kind of set some roots in there and it can kind of make the person feel a little slighted at times um, because none of us are perfect. Um, right. But as long as you're not spamming them again and again and again, to the point where, I mean, think just think about how you would feel yourself. You know, if you started getting spammed with stuff that just made you deeply uncomfortable with something, perhaps don't do it to other people. That's always been my thought. I mean, you know, doing to others it's, has always been a rule of thumb yeah. for me. And I just yeah, think celebs benefit from us talking about them. So when I do my blog, I tell people, go watch Diana's movies. Go listen to Folklore because you need to hear these songs. Oh, They're about Diana. Oh yeah, so like. Definitely, it's, but there's a difference between the supporting marketing. celebs. Yeah, it's, there's a difference between right. supporting celebs and um, talking about them and harassing them. Right. You know, the, those are two different things. And as long as you don't fall into the other category, you're fine. Because it's right. not like your blog is constantly adding people. You know, it's, it's never. It will never talk, add exactly. Any of them. It's just talking about it. You know. Yeah. And that there's a difference. Um. Well, that's kind of a relief to hear because these these are my faves and I do not want to like make their lives worse. Um, no, the only way you make their lives worse is if, like if they're just spamming them constantly. Here's what, here's one thing I've, that's, I'm annoyed about my brand. So if you figure out a Taylor riddle, 
you know, she's very famous for hiding clues and Easter eggs in her music. If you mm-hmm. figure out a riddle, she will confirm it to you. It sometimes on Tumblr, Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And since I have a ship name, like I'll, I'll talk about all the riddles. So I have a theory that in the lover music video, she only plays the guitar in uh, the, the rooms that represent her country albums. And that has nothing to do with her being a lesbian or queer or being shipped with Diana or anyone. But right. I can't at her that theory because I have the ship name in my blog name. Right. Um, but yeah, we that's that's a big rule of mine. And I also there's somebody that comments. Taylor famously wrote a song called Wonderland that's supposed to be about Diana. And Diana is obsessed with Wonderland and has green eyes. And the song is all about Alice in Wonderland and mad love. And we fell down a rabbit hole. And Diana had a website. Her Tumblr was called fell down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Tumblr.com. And she has green eyes famously. And Taylor's singing about green eyes and falling down the rabbit hole and breaking up in Wonderland. And somebody comments the lyrics on like every Instagram post of hers that she puts up. And I just want to sh- just shake this person because... If you really do believe in Swift Run, then you believe the narrative that they probably had a bad breakup. Right. And, you know, I hope she doesn't check her comments. She does reply to friends and stuff. Like, her famous friends will comment and she'll comment back. And I just, I don't, if she wants to come read about Swift Run and hear my hot takes on it, she knows where to find me. Hi, Diana. Come on the podcast. Diana, come on the podcast. We love you. <laughs> Shiva Baby was great. That's her latest movie. We're really proud. Um, It's very good. Uh, But... Like, I don't think she should have to be blindsided by it if she doesn't want to see it. No, but celebrities do know um, there are going to be people that do that anyway. Well, so that kind of brings me to my next question. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I I was pretty much finished anyway. You know, they, they know that people are going to do that. So, you know, never feel bad that if you see one or two people, you know, acting a fool, on you know comments under any of their instagram or twitter posts or anything like that it just comes with the that, territory yeah it comes with the territory and they usually do not group entire groups of people together with you know those those couple of people that's good that's a relief um yeah. that kind of brings me to my next question which is sort of supposed to be a joke question but maybe not because a lot of people are suggesting to me that diana is reading the blog uh <laughs> is diana do you think diana is reading my blog I I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I do know there's a difference between what celebrities do and what management teams will do. Okay. Especially social media management teams. So they, um, celebrities kind of use social media like a regular person uses social media. You know, um, think about how you use social media nine times out of 10. Even if you're like a social media fiend, nine times out of 10, that's exactly how they're using social media. Then there's their management team that keeps track of, especially their social media management team that keeps track of every single little thing. And it, of course, it gets worse depending on how popular the person is. So if the person isn't all that popular, then it's it's not that bad. But the higher up you go, the the more things are more things things are getting. How do I phrase this? The more they're keeping track of things. Um, okay. So you never know who might be lurking. It may not be the celebrity itself, but it may be part of their management team. And it depends on how popular they are and how popular you are. For women in the industry, L chat is monitored like nobody's business. We know all about the L chat at the blog. That's where we do a lot of yes. research. Yeah, L chat is monitored like nobody's business, and that they see things 
or there's like too much proof one way or people are speculating too much, all of a sudden this person will be seen with a guy. Or if they're in a PR relationship, all of a sudden their husband will pop up when you hadn't seen him in months. Okay. That happens all the time. And it's not just people constantly monitoring them. It's they're using analytics as well. And that kind of came into play um, in the mainstream with the 2016 presidential elections. I think if anybody's ever heard of Cambridge Analytica. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Hollywood does something similar. Obviously, it's not to the point of politics to influence things. Um, but Hollywood definitely, definitely has their own analytics going on so that they know exactly how to spin things, exactly what to put, exactly what to say, exactly what to do, especially on social media. Well, Diana, come on the podcast if you're listening. Like, let's just talk it out, girl. We love you. Uh, so why, uh, kind of moving on, um, why is it okay for some celebrities or artists to be openly queer in the industry and not others? Um, I feel like we touched a little bit on this earlier, how mm -hmm. they, they can be out, but not exactly out. You know, they're, they're only out to a certain degree, but they'll still be bearding going on because what about your we i think we spoke about this privately but like ellen your ellen's or your jane lynch's or you know but this is actually a really good example because she came out in 97 and then proceeded to pretty much lose her entire career mm -hmm. you know um and then all of a sudden uh she was kind of running low on cash so to speak because like i said she hadn't worked in years in fact i think it was almost 10 years she didn't work um her management team which i believe actually consisted of her brother at the time pitched um a show a daytime talk show to nbc and the executives they kind of liked the style but they didn't under didn't really think it would be a good idea because they didn't think a lesbian would have anything in common with stay-at-home moms because it's going to be daytime talk. The only people who see that are stay-at-home moms and people waiting in doctor's offices. I think lesbians just are stay-at-home moms, but with golden retrievers instead of kids. Yeah, essentially, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, they didn't think. So they took a gamble on it, and then the show sort of went off with there. And I'm not trying to defend Ellen because she is rightfully in some hot water right now. Sure. I mean, we don't have to get into that. We know Ellen, you yeah, know, right, the bad right. things she's done. I'm just using her. her story as an example of how, yes, she's successful now. Well, up until recent events, she's successful sure. now. But there was a large group of time where she was not. Right. You know, uh, I don't know that people that really think about that. Account. I know, because I know. People have lost their careers, and it's kind of a fluke that she got hers back. And actually, what here's what I'll say is that a lot of the the few sort of most A-list people who've come out, like Kristen Stewart comes to mind, and I feel like her projects are kind of struggling. I think she's fine. She got fuck you money from Twilight. She cashed those right. checks, and she's out of there, right. so who cares? And all more power to her. Kristen, come on the pod. We love you. And I think, but, I think her parents are successful, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, her parents worked in the industry, too, so I think... Yeah. But, I mean, she made $40, 50000000 She made it on her own, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, and she may just be doing sort of indie art projects like that, that she wants to, although I think Charlie's Angels was not maybe as successful as it was supposed to be, and it was kind of a queer no, project. It, it wasn't. It, it's going to be one of those it's successful later type of things, because it's going to become a cult classic. I can feel it. 
just like a lot of these other movies kind of bombed at the box office. Well, like Jennifer's Body, if we're just talking about like queer stuff, like people hated it. And I loved it when it came out. And I feel like people didn't understand it. And there's another queer club. Megan Fox is out as bisexual, I think. And her career went away due to, I mean, the sexism more, I think, but maybe some homophobia too. Yeah, well, it was um, What's-His-Face that directed the Transformers movies. Michael Bay. Michael Bay, yes, thank you. He's awful. Um, yes, he is, and he blacklisted her. Yes. So, and I think I think something similar happened happen. with Diana, with yeah, Ryan Murphy. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised because that, that happens a lot. A that's lot, awful. a lot. And that's why a lot of people don't want to come out, or they'll come out, but like with, you know, on management terms. So they're out, but they're not really out, and there still needs to be bearding because if they fully come out, they burn all of these bridges. Because look, Jane Lynch is out, but what was the last major project she was in? Uh, I mean, Glee exactly. was her biggest. I think she yeah. got an Emmy, but her nominees. Yeah, but, but when did Glee end? It's been over for a while. Thank God. Thank God. Y'all, thank God Glee has been over for a while. But yeah, 2015. I, yeah, I, I didn't watch Glee, but I've seen some of no, the stuff that came out of it. And um, I'm so glad they're not around for all of their hot takes on like oh, Corona, event. yeah. I don't need Glee's take on the Trump administration or any of that. Please, thank the Lord, it's over. Uh, yeah. No, look, we've watched Glee. We love Glee, but we don't. We hate it. It ruined our lives. Glee is yeah. the reason we're here, actually, because we, uh, yeah, my friends, we watched it over over the pandemic and quarantine, and we got real into Diana, and we got more interested in what her life was all about, and it led us here. So um, the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history, but it is kind of interesting to me because Diana really only does these like small projects. Some are better than others, and she she sings. She's like a jazz singer sometimes, and she mm-hmm. sort of travels around. She's gotten married. Uh, I think she's. I, I think that marriage might be ending, but that's just my speculation. But she did marry a man, um, and she sort of travels around and she does these small indie projects. And I'm like, she's married to a guy. She, you know, she all she does is small films. Like, why wouldn't she just sort of come out? But I think she did try to come out a lot and got shoved back in the closet. But you're also saying that it's still, even if she wants to land those small indie roles, or if she ever wants to make more of a mainstream return, maybe the television or something, she it's her best bet to stay closeted. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And if she ever does come out, it wouldn't be entirely on her terms. So like, there would have to be sort of a. Um, a compromise between her and her team about how much she's able to come out and how much she's able to say. I think she did. She did. She's done a lot of lesbian movies. Um, Otherwise they'll like wrangle her and wrestle her back into the closet. Well, that's what happened. I think back in like 2011, 2012, but she, she did a, she's done a bunch of lesbian movies or queer projects. And in one of the interviews, she did sort of say, well, I've based, you know, playing this lesbian role off personal life experience. I think anybody she, I mean, she's very floaty and flowery about it. She didn't say, mm-hmm. like, I hook up with girls, so I'm playing a girl who hooks up with girls. She did not say mm-hmm. that, but she was, right. like, life experience. Like, it was very much a light sort of hint. But. Yeah, um, there was actually an actress. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I won't say the actress's name, but there was an actress who actually came out vaguely, kind of like that. In, in an interview, interview, right? In an mm-hmm. interview, yeah, and almost literally the next day she was walking it back saying, that's not what I meant, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the person who did the interview, the, the journalist, um, very much stands behind 
what was said. It's like, no, that 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 is how she meant it, um, and stands behind it. And she had just done a queer role, like that was what she was on, sort of a press tour for, was mm-hmm. for her role in that in that project. And I can pretty much tell you that the first one was right that she did come out, but then had to walk it back by her team because I I, I know that story almost firsthand. <laughs> right. Well, and that's so. what we saw with Diana, who she wore a shirt that said likes girls. And then mm-hmm. a few hours later, she's on Tumblr posting a 3,500 word essay and, and saying, well, I'm not, I'm not gay. This is for gay pride, even though pride had started like a week or two before. And also, cause I love women, you know, I'm just supportive of women. And right. it's just like, okay. And there's one very sad paragraph in the middle. That's like, raise your hand if you wake up crying in the middle of the night because you're scared and you know, raise your hand if it feels so horrible and raise your hand if lying feels almost just as bad. And I'm like, she's screaming, you know, mm-hmm. not that yeah. and that's, this is all speculation, but that's how I read it. Like she wanted people to know. And I think now she's just retreated back and she's just going to stay there. It's easier that way. Right. And I mean, another thing you have to look at is when you have somebody who is playing a queer role and then they, they come out and say, oh, well, I've used my own experiences, blah, blah, blah. And then if somebody's interpreting that to be that they're coming out, they have to walk it back. But they already used the, I was using my own experiences with that. And, you know, the thing is, love is love. And that was the big tagline, especially to be able to um, pass same-sex marriage in the courts. But um, when it comes to how we experience love because of how society treats us in general, these are very different experiences we have with the emotion. And you kind of have to be queer yourself in some way in order to understand that. Yes. And and so if somebody's really good at playing that kind of role, there's a reason for that. And they have their own experiences. I will say one of my favorite actresses, she's out. So we're not outing anyone. Her name's Dominique Provostrokely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on Winona Earp, which is a really gay Canadian sci-fi show, which I am mm-hmm. just feral for. And she plays little bi girl. And for years, she just kept saying, oh, she's British. Don't, no, don't let me do a British accent right now. I'm not going to. But she would just always say, oh, I just love the community. It's so welcoming to me. And she kept doing gay. Pro- she played gay in a, like four or five different movies. Like, Mm -hmm. boom, 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 boom. And I was just like, she's, and she would always say, I'm just doing it for the community. I just love this lovely community that's given me my, you know, my, this work and the, the Winona Earp fandom is, you know, real tight and loving and wonderful and very gay friendly. And she would just always say, it's for the fans. It's for the, it's for the queers. I love the queers, you know, as an ally, basically. And then I, I started watching and I was like, that girl's gay. Like she does a lot of gay stuff. And, uh, you know, she's gay and she came out not much longer after that. And I do think, I think a straight person, you know, will end up in a queer project or a queer role every now and again. And I'm, I don't, as a gay person, you know, I don't really have an issue with that. I just think if you're an ally, like, and you want to take on that role, if you're you an know, ally and you're taking on that role, then you should at least do a little research. And most of them do. That's I mean, do ally. do a good job with it. Like the right. the producer and writer of Winona Earp, the the showrunner, she's I I think heterosexual, but she puts out all this queer content, and she mm-hmm. she has queer writers on staff, and she, you know, I I do think allies can get involved in queer art, um, and it not be offensive to me. That's just my that's just my take. I'm I'm not the be all end all. Y'all decide for yourselves, but. 
And the other reason I, I go ahead and carry that belief around is because I think there's closeted artists and actors who have to say that they're straight, but they want to go play queer roles because they relate to them. Yes. And yeah, so that, if everybody had to out themselves. You don't, want to be forced, you don't want to force people out of the closet just to be able to play a role that they'd be able to play. Right. So I've, uh, I'm always just sort of like, it does set up a little rainbow flag for me if somebody keeps doing gay roles or gay stuff. If people just keep involving themselves again and again, throwing themselves into the gay community, making themselves the center of conversation around pride, um, doing playing queer roles in movies or, or television, I, I do just think maybe this is a little more than allyship for you. I don't know. Maybe not. But it sends up a little rainbow flag for me. Right. I do know that there are some actors or actresses where they think they're straight and then they go in to play these roles. They come out going, okay, so maybe I wasn't as straight as I originally thought. Well, that was the big <laughs> joke when Dominique came out uh, because the showrunner, who's who's very much wise, a wise ass and very, she's sort of problematic sometimes on Twitter, just loud, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, the showrunner came out and said, that's right, I'll turn everyone gay. And people lost their minds because they're saying, you don't, you know, you're born gay, you're not turned gay. And it's obviously a very funny a joke. joke to me yeah, because her whole joke. show is just super queer, right? right? That's her whole brand is she's made, she, this is the second really, really gay show she's worked on and made. And I just thought it was funny that, you know, that was, that was her take on it. But I do think sometimes an artist might get involved in a project and then say, oh, hold up, I'm a little, I relate to this, all this mm -hmm. gay shit a little too much, don't I? Yeah, yeah, that that happens a lot too. Um, <laughs> like, oh, whoa, okay, so I wasn't as straight as I thought I was. Who is? Not me. I know that. Yeah, I get I gear relate. every day here, y'all. So, I guess kind of just a roundup, you know, rounding things out. Uh, and this is sort of a personal question, but do you think if you and your ex had been allowed to come out uh, as queer and a couple together, do you think you would still be together? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it would be really easy to say yes, but probably not because the thing that um, broke us up was sort of the, the straw that broke the camel's back wasn't the fact that we were in the closet and, you know, fighting to come out because we weren't. We understood that if we were going to be together, we had to stay closeted. Uh, it was, so, um, so it was the fact, wait, what? Well, I just sort of wanted to expand on that. So you went into this relationship sort of knowing there's no end in sight. There's no coming out plan. There's no big reve rainbow reveal. Right. Wow. Yeah, okay. I knew that. I, I knew that going in. That's intense. That's kind of dark. It, 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 you know? Yeah, it, it, it is. But I did know that going in. And, you know, some people were, are just worth it. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. how I felt. And I, I still feel that way, but like I said, it wasn't the fact that we had to that we were gay that we that broke us up. It was the fact that um so I think the best way to explain this is just to sort of say what happened. And if you want, that, you don't have to. No, 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 it's fine. Okay. So she was releasing an album and it was right at the same time. And one of the songs was actually going to be used in this movie. And it was at the same time that this guy was also starring in the movie that one of her songs was going to be in off the new album. And they, the production team sort of got it in their, their production studio, I should say, got it in their heads to 
kind of put the two together, so to speak. They didn't have to actually play the couple. They just had to be papped a couple of times together. She was really uncomfortable with it, especially because the song that was supposed to be going in the movie was a song she originally wrote about me. But after they got their hands on it, and not only do you change the pronouns because that's just a given, but after they got their hands on it, there was only like three or four words of the song that was left of hers. This one was pretty much completely different. But she still knew what the original song was supposed to be about and the fact that it was going into this movie. And then that was the excuse they were using to pretty much have them go make out pretty much to be to be photographed, you know, kind of being together. She was really, really uncomfortable with it. Okay. Um, but she pretty much had to do it anyway. She, I mean, there isn't much of a choice. It's either you kind of do it or you burn bridges and lose your career. Um, she came back that day after it was all over and she was not in a good place, you know, just sort of emotionally. She was not in a good place. So she has she this, this stage sort of date, sort of papped affair, you know, this, with this actor. They, it wasn't just a stage date. They had to be like full on making out. Oh Lord. Okay. So she comes yeah. back from that. So she comes back from that. And like I said, she's not in the, the best place, you know, um, mentally and it the day kind of turns into multiple days turns into a week turns into a month and there were certain things they needed her to do and because she would kind of shut herself away a little bit they would tell me to go tell her I pretty much already knew the answer but I certainly wasn't going to speak for her so I would go and ask and tell her about these things and she'd say she couldn't do it and I would tell them, she said she can't do it, so she's not going to do it. You can't ask somebody for something they cannot give. And I really, really put myself between them and her so that she could get better. She needed some time to get better. Well, let me and ask you this. Would she be in such a horrible place if she hadn't been? It does, I mean, it sounds like it's a lot, like the pressures of work and some other, she's not in a good place, and that might not have everything to do with closeting, but right. it sounds like this one incident really set her off. It, it did. Um, it did for other reasons. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. We don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Gotcha. It did. But it, it was, yeah, there was a very much a reason that this kind of set her off and there was multiple sort of moving parts as to why it did. But like I said, she needed some time, some time to heal and they kept pressuring her and she kept saying she didn't want to do it. And because I, really cared about her I stood between her and them to make sure that she got what she needed to be better and not just you know stuff thrown at her to be able to get her upright and in front of the camera um eventually she did start to actually get better and it was a Thursday afternoon they called her in for a meeting and she left she came back that sort of Friday late afternoon early evening and she just sort of looked at me and she just started crying. And that's when I pretty much knew. They, for the most part, made her choose between staying signed with them, which is pretty much her entire career, or breaking up with me because I was seen as a problem. Well, so you're and, saying, you know, the fact that you were gay together didn't break you up. But all I'm, I'm hearing that, I mean, part of you being the, oh, wait, let me sort of, I'm, I'm slow. I'm dumb. Uh, so it isn't necessarily about the entire gay thing. They were willing to put up with that, but it was when you started to come between her and 
her team due to this sort of triggering event that put her in a bad place, you became too much of a problem. Probably didn't right. help that you were gay together. No, but it wasn't solely that. Right. It was right. more about something. Like I said, they, I was constantly reminded of my place, as right. I said earlier. You know, don't touch a toe out of line. And for the most part, I didn't. But when things were triggering her and I could tell, I had to put myself sort of between the two of them. You know, okay. because like I said, you can't ask people for something they physically cannot give at the moment. Right. You know, um, and their solution to that was just to shove as many pills down, you know, your throat, just to get somebody upright. Yep. You know, make them happy for like two seconds, get them upright in front of the camera and everybody makes their millions. Mm. And I wasn't okay with somebody I loved and cared about being treated as a commodity. I get that right. she's talented and I get people are, are making money off that talent, including herself. Right. But um, it, she's not a, like a thing. She, she's a person and she wasn't being treated as such. And because that pissed me off and because I was willing to stand between the two of them. And like I said, I never spoke for her. Not once did I ever speak for her. I would tell her everything that I was told because they couldn't get in touch with her. So they, they came to me because they knew I'd be with her. And so I told her everything. And if she said no, I made sure it was no, because they were trying to weasel their way in and, you know, get her to do it, even though she had already said she didn't want to do it. Mm. So, and that was the main reason why, is because anytime she said no, I made sure that them stayed in now. Mm. You know, and oh, that, so and I became a problem. And I became a problem. And they, they made her choose. So, but I mean, it, it wasn't much of a choice, really. I mean, whoa. lose absolutely everything, but yeah. Oh, Lace. That makes my romantic heart very sad to hear that. I'm really, you know, I'm a very silly person, but I do want to like extend my deepest regrets and condolences that you went through this like traumatic experience. I mean, obviously, we've gotten to know each other and I think we've developed a rapport, but you know, I just wish you the best given all yeah. of this and everybody. That's me, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, is there any, you know, we're kind of com coming up, wrapping up here, but like, is there anything you would want to tell to the about 50 people who listen to this? Like, <laughs> the young gays that are either really hot for Diana Agron or really gay about Taylor Swift's music. Our faves are maybe queer, maybe not, maybe in the closet, maybe not, but we're pretty sure about it. But, you know, what do we know? We're idiots. But what message would you want to pass on to any young gay people who are kind of dealing with like, I think my fave is gay, but they won't come out or any of that. Um, I mean, honestly, I think you just need to know you're not alone in that thinking. If there's a very large group of you thinking the same thing, you're probably right. You know, mm -hmm. um, where there's smoke, there's fire. And clearly there are lots of smoke in places. Uh, you know, one thing you said to me that stuck out to me and especially relates back to Taylor because she's all about the hidden clues and the hidden meanings and the truth is in the messages and the Easter eggs is you said there's no such thing as a coincidence. If it happens right. more than once, it's not a coincidence, a coincidence right. anymore. Right. Once or twice, maybe. If it's something that is continuing to happen again and again and again and again, it's no longer a coincidence. And that's not just true for this particular situation. That's true for life as well. Right. You know, you know, when it's not a coincidence. It's repetitive at a certain point. Right. 
Well, thank you so much um, for coming on, for giving us your time, for sharing your story. It means a lot. I'm glad you found my goofy little blog and we've gotten to sort of have these conversations. Um, I thought I was crazy. Honestly, until I yeah, talked that- to you, I was like, this is sort of a joke. Like, this is a conspiracy. Like, I, not a joke in like a derogatory way. Obviously, I'm queer and I relate to like Taylor's music and like Diana's sort of art, artistic presence is very like queer and moving too. Um, from the music she like sings at her jazz shows to her plays that she does or films that she does. But I did sort of like, I would sort of jokingly call it a conspiracy theory. And not in a derogatory way, but just that it would take a, it feels like it would take an entire conspiracy to keep somebody as famous as Taylor Swift in the closet. Um, so it really would be conspiratorial, conspiratory, conspiratory. I don't know. It would be a conspiracy for that to happen. English sucks. It does. Look, everybody knows, here knows that I'm an idiot. But I, uh, you know, thank you so much for your time. I mean, I felt crazy. And then I talked to you and I think we spoke like a day or two the first time, like it was a day or two before Taylor came out on country radio and was like, Betty's about a guy. Um, and I was, I was just not upset because of the conversations we had where you're just like, look, I don't know, Taylor. I don't know. But, um, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, like you said. And I was just like, yeah, like, Sean let me know like I was almost kind of expecting her to do something like this because of our conversations of how frank you were about how dark and you know homophobic the Hollywood still is so thank you so much for your time this has been super illuminating the whole point of all this you know everybody's thinking that well I have to be crazy to see this or believe it and you're not you know there's nothing worse than feeling sane but being told you're crazy yeah I think the takeaway message is if you're a Gaylor, you're definitely not crazy. If you're a 2020 Swift run, you might be crazy because I don't think, <laughs> you know, I don't think we're they're back together. But we sure are obsessed with them anyway. But uh, if you're a Gaylor, you know, I think that's the point. It's just like we're the ones who are really seeing the full picture. Mm-hmm. And I think and that goes for any celebrity that has a very large queer fan base because there's usually a reason they have a very large queer fan base. We find our we find each we other, find don't we? Always. Whether we need to or not, we always seem to gravitate towards each other. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Clownery in Wonderland. I think this might end up on iTunes. So if we're on iTunes and you're listening to this, I don't know, subscribe, give us, you know, a rating, maybe a good one if you think it was good, uh, or a review if you want to. I'm going to do it anyway, so I'm going to keep doing the podcast because I have nothing else to do. But uh, it'd be nice if you gave us feedback or whatever. And uh, stay safe in 2020 and Swiftron get married in 2022. Y'all have a lovely day.